Freebird, the Ashley Freeman story, is a Thirsty Goat original podcast. This is episode two of a multi-part story. We encourage you to go back and listen to episode one, Childhood, before listening to this episode. Life can be difficult even when things are easy for us. Challenges can come into our lives that we haven't experienced before. At these times, it's easy to look for ways to run. As Ashley's trip down the addiction cycle begins, it begins with her running from herself, her mistakes, and rejection. This keeps Ashley chasing for ways to fulfill the emptiness within her. Addiction can capture anyone without warning, and the depression and regret that comes along with the addiction only powers the addiction more. If you or someone you love is struggling with addiction, please reach out to 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357 for information on facilities and services. Addiction is real, but it doesn't have to be the period to your life. This story of addiction and overcoming the shackles and chains it places on you is my friend Ashley's. We hope you enjoy. Previously on Freebird, Ashley discussed her childhood and growing up in Mitchell, Indiana. Ashley discussed her interests and her ability to find things in common with almost everyone. The episode ended during Ashley's junior year when Ashley admitted she made a mistake against one of her best friends at the time. This is where we pick up this week's episode. Freebird, episode two, running away. Me and a group of people were drinking, you know, and we all separated that night. And I slept with one of my best friend's boyfriends. And I didn't know how to handle it. Um, I didn't know what to do. I told one person that I trusted. And the person that I trusted um, told everybody, you know. And that's a hard thing to handle as an adult. You know, everybody makes mistakes. But when you had a class like ours that was as close as ours, and you do something like that, you know, um, I, I talked to my friend about it eventually. You know, I didn't just go up to her and, hey, you know, I screwed up. Um... We, we talked about it, but um, right before our senior trip, you know, all these friends, all of our friends, they wanted nothing to do with me, you know. Um, you, Carly Mikulski, were the only two friends that still would talk to me after that. And, you know, I, I, we've, we've talked about this before. It Again, I, I realize now that I was really naive and maybe dumb and I hate it because I don't re I, I remember the situation that you are talking about 
but I do not remember it being this massive buildup. And, and that's not discrediting what you were saying. I, did, I guess what, from my perspective, I never remember anybody coming to me and being like, you should not talk to her. But I totally believe it. And I, I know what you've told me now, but that was never in... Like I, just, I guess I don't remember ever getting friction, and maybe just nobody cared enough about me to say it. But like I never got friction. Like I was gonna, I did not have anything, any beef with you. Um, but I also do know, and, and you're exactly right. There, the class was so tight that the lines were drawn. So, these contributing factors, you know, um, and. I had started, I do not think the meth use had started yet. It was real close. Um, I, so I had, one of my jobs in high school was also at a tanning place. Um, I got fired from that job. And I started working at a restaurant and bar. Um, so waiting tables, getting tips, you know, drunk people coming in, all kinds of things, you know, different situations, meeting new people, meeting older guys, um, you know. You have to use your sexuality a little bit to get the best tip you can get. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were told, you know, the shorter the skirts, the, you know, tighter the shirts, the better the money we were going to make. And I'm like, okay, you know. Also at a time that you've started working out you've you're liking not that I ever remember you not being attractive but you're liking your body um we're all in a high school you know age where we love attention I mean that's Mm -hmm. that's bottom line and now you've got a job where you're getting it yeah yeah um and meeting people that you know I, I met guys a lot older than me. I met a lot of girls a lot older. I met just met new friends. So here I am in this um, new job, you know, and I've screwed up my high school life the way I saw it. Um, and, you know, when something happens, you, you know, there's a fork in the road. Um, I ran, you know. I I ran. I was willing to do, you know, anything, whatever. Here's these new people. They've got this. I'll try it. I was trying to run away from me. Um, I was trying to escape myself, my feelings, my mistakes, you know, everything. And there was the perfect opportunity. I've not, I can't remember a time when I was ever just that one friend person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um I liked a whole group of friends and I think that that's kind of how I did it, you know, and I'm still that way today. I still love, like I, I love all my friends, you know, everybody around. Um, You're a very social person. Yeah. I mean, you always have been. Yeah. Um, I don't, re- this is probably, honestly, as funny as this is, as long as we've known each other, this is probably the most intimate conversation we have ever had. Yeah. Not, and not, a, we know a lot about each other. I love you dearly. But both of us, because I'm a social person too, and like a lot of people, I don't know that we've spent this much time just alone ever in our lives. No. And, and we've spent days and days on end 
together with yep. other people around. Yep. So I, I understand your perspective on that because I'm that same way. I want people. Yeah. Like a family. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you start into these, you know, this new group, these new friends. Um, that's when you first try meth. Mm-hmm. What is that experience like? It was like, you feel like you're Superman, you know, you're invincible. Uh, nothing can hurt you. Um, it, it almost felt like it completed me in a weird way. You know, it's like, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I need. This is my new best friend. At that moment, was it, did you have that feeling of like, I shouldn't be doing this, but I should, or were you so broken that you were just looking for anything? I knew, I mean, I knew what I was doing, you know, um, I didn't know what I was opening up, what kind of door I was opening up at that point. Um, but it wasn't like, just give me anything. It was like, I know what this is, you know, um, I did it and, you know, the stimulants I'd been on, like it wasn't, it wasn't all that different, but it was. You know, because, I mean, obviously I knew it wasn't, it was some illegal, you know. Um, yeah, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, really. So you, you go the first time. When do you feel like it went from, I tried this to, it's a habit? Well, I mean, I kind of knew I was in trouble. So let's let's go back for a second. Okay. Because... Um, I haven't given much background. My mom, up until that point, my mom had always worked for the court. Um, she always worked for the judge um, the, my whole life, you know, until that point. Uh, in high school, my mom married um, a conservation officer. He was, I believe he had 35 years in at that point. Um so I knew I couldn't go home that way, you know. Your mom was not naive and stupid. No. She's one of the best detectives I have ever <laughs> known. I mean, she's good. You can't get it past her. Nothing. And my kids think, you know, they have no idea. They just have no idea they're playing with fire. Um, she... I knew, okay, so the first time I got high, I knew, so she was calling me, calling me, calling me, you know, because she was paying for my, she had my phone in her name. You know, the car was in her name. The Mustang was in her name. Um, I didn't come home from work, you know. Um, I don't even know what I told her. Probably that I was hanging out with friends, you know. She's seen the transition of your friends? Yes. So I I remember... um, the day that I decided I wasn't going back to school, we had gone on a family, I think it was, I don't know if it was summer or spring break. I think it was summer. Um, went to Pensacola to uh, visit my uncle. He was living down there. Um, and I just remember telling her, I'm not going back. 
you know, I'm not going back. We we had been fighting up until that point. She was aware of what was going on with me. I don't know um, how much I really let her in. You know, when um, I believe there were, I was 17 when my mom and Mark got married. Um, and, you know, this is the house we grew up in. We'd live in that house for, you know, since I was five, I think. And, you know, you're just not used to, you know, here a new father figure comes in. Um, at first it was okay. After a while, you know, we, you know, kind of get territorial. Like, this is my house. They think it's theirs, you know. Um, we got along okay at first. And then, you know, he liked to breathalyze me sometimes when I was coming in. And, you know, just. You were reaching that age of freedom. And you were searching for freedom, as you said. And here comes in this new figure who is pulling you back in. That had to be a immediate headbutting moment. Yeah, it was. Um, you were talking um, about Mark moving in. Um, and your mom, when you, you were fighting with her, Kind of about going back, and you had made the decision you weren't going yeah. back. Um, she had told me, you know, I had to get my GED. Um, and how I feel, really, uh, looking back on it all, is, you know, when I went running as far as I could on the other end of the spectrum, you know, here I'd lived this life right here. And this is who all my friends knew. And then a series of events and choices, you know, I wanted to become somebody else. You know, so when I went running, I just kind of created this new person. You know, um, because ultimately my choices led to kind of the ultimate rejection. So I kind of built this person up that didn't care about anybody anymore. You know, didn't care about anything. Um, I went from, you know, respecting my parents, respecting, you know, rules and things to, fuck you, fuck this, you know, I'm done. Um, I had no idea where I was going to run to, you know, I just knew that I wanted away from everything. I wanted away from myself. Um, I ended up quitting school. Um, I did go get my GED. So before you guys graduated, I had got my GED. Um, the test I hear since then has gotten hard and a lot different. <laughs> but I just remember taking it, passing it, and I was done. Um I got some different jobs, you know. I stayed in drugs, you know. I stayed with people who, you know, did drugs, sold drugs. I mean, it became the, my whole life. I remember it was my it was my 18th birthday, 19th birthday. I had been um you know, into it with my mom several times. She had me taken to the fifth floor. 
um, because I wasn't sleeping sometimes for weeks. Um, I had lost a ton of weight. I wrecked my car um, driving around high. Um, and she called, I remember being in a hotel room with a friend and she called me and she's like, you're not coming home, you know. My uncle lived in Pensacola. She said, you're going to go down there and live with him for a while. Get your shit together. Um, so I went down there, and I loved it. You know, who doesn't love Florida? I loved it. And especially it. with your uncle. And I mean and I mean that. Like, your uncle is one that it's a good time no matter what you're doing. Yeah. You can watch paint dry, and it's going to be funny. Yeah. It was, too. <laughs> Um, it was, he was great. Um, at the time I worked, he worked at Dana and I was, he got me a job there. You know, he was a supervisor and they had a great time. That's always what it was. There was a swimming pool in the backyard, you know, in ground swimming pool. He always had people over from work. Um, the beach was 15 minutes away, white sand, you know, and I didn't ever want to come back to Indiana, ever. Like, I loved it down there. Um, But when you have problems and you try to run from them for so long, you don't. Because one day you wake up and there you are, and they're still there, you know. And I woke up and found myself in a beautiful place surrounded by new friends, new faces, new people, um... But I still, I still wasn't right. I still couldn't forgive myself, you know. I didn't go down there and use meth, but I went down there and drank. And um, when I drink, I have a tendency to get really depressed. That's what I did, you know. It was so depressing. You were in beautiful Pensacola, mm-hmm. warm people, good people, new people. You talked about, you know, and I, I, I think you can start seeing some themes in your story here. And, and you talked about that first time you used meth and you'd been on stimulants for so long. It makes sense that when you drink, you get depressed. If, you, if your body has always craved a stimulant to get yourself up, alcohol being a natural depressant is going to bring you down. Did you almost feel like you were an imposter? And I mean that in this way. You know you've made these decisions at home. And again, you made these decisions in the high school. You ran from that. You found the new group. You start meth. You're with these people. You're making some bad choices. Your mom steps in. You, you I, I shouldn't say run. You did. You were kicked in the ass to go. Was it hard for you to, to look at that and think, this could be good? Like, did you feel like, like, I, I don't, almost I don't deserve this opportunity? I don't feel like I, I've thought that way. I don't think it was a, I don't deserve this. It was, it literally was me running from one situation to another, you know. Um, I was living with my aunt and uncle. My uncle was a drinker. Um, you know, and he didn't care if I drank, you know, so I go down there, um, and 
you know, as kids and maybe still a little bit, sometimes we want everything instantly. You know, we want instant gratification. Um, we want to see something change right now, or we don't, you know, we don't want to put time into it. Um, I went down there. I was working with my uncle. Um, I met a guy that down there, uh, he was quite a bit older than me. We drank, we partied, we hung out on the beach. He worked, um, I worked and then we started fighting, you know, things were good for a while. We started fighting. He drank a lot. Um, and he wasn't really the nicest person when he drank and I wasn't always either, you know? So essentially I was just running from one uncomfortable situation to another, you know, and then you find yourself, I found myself down there in a mess away from most of my family, you know, to, I kind of had my uncle pissed off at me, you know, because I went from this place to this place. And, um, I really got into pills when I was down there. So in Florida, still probably, but back then it was very easy to get prescribed whatever you wanted. Um, I go to the doctor, they gave me nerve pills, they gave me pain pills, they gave me muscle relaxers, and if you ran out, they give them to you again. Um, I had a complete cocktail of anything and everything I wanted, you know, and I may have thought I was happy, but the people around me hated me, you know, they hated me. Um, so, yeah. I w- and I was running up debt. I was trying to go to school. Um, and I found myself in a mess, you know. I had to call my mom up in Indiana and have her come and not bail me out of jail, but bail me out of the financial mess, you know, that I had got myself into. And, you know, with every job I lost, with every even minor rejection, um. It added to that sense I already had, you know, the negative self-worth, the negative, um, you know, I can't do anything right. And, you know, when I finally had made a big enough mess down there, I came back here. And I brought myself with me. And isn't it amazing how when we fall in those ruts, like no matter where we go, when we're not in a good spot, we constantly can find people that keep us in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm not, I have no idea who this, the guy was in Pensacola, but like you were in a bad spot. You didn't meet someone who, you never meet the person that's going to build you up and change you. And and it's always, you seek out those same people that are dealing with the same shit you are. Yeah. And it just, it compounds it. It just continues to compound it. Um, what was it like when you had to call mom? So my mom knew um, some of what I'd been going through because she and I are were always close. We've always been close, you know. Um, the times when I'd shut her out the most, I was really doing something wrong, you know. 
Um, so she knew a lot of what I was going through down there. You know, she knew um, some relationship stuff. She knew about the drinking. You know, she would come down and visit. and You know, she knew. Um, so I don't feel like at that time it was like a blow to my pride. It wasn't... She knew I wouldn't have called her if I didn't really need it, you know. That's so powerful. You know, that that really through all of this, you've always known your mom's got your back. I mean, that is, that's a huge shout out to her. Yeah. If you like what you've heard so far from Freebird, Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This helps us greatly move up the charts. Also, if you want to support the work we do, please head over to our Patreon account. For $10 a month, you can not only get early access to all the episodes, behind-the-scenes content. You can also support the work that we're doing with Freebird to help support those winning the battle against addiction. Check out our theme song by Boogus, Freebird, available wherever you get your music. Still, now you're close to the Lucifer. Got a Colt 45 trying to loosen up. Got a buzz online trying to boost it up. Got a dad and a mom trying to make him proud. Got a bag and a bong trying to bake a pound. I'ma up my ante, touch my Grammy, go my family down to Miami. No, they can't control my visa. My world, I roam like Caesar. My song, my girl, my diva. Good drink, my good sativa. God knows I'm far from lousy. Lord knows I'm smoking loudly. Hot box, I'm riding cloudy. Eyes drop like Ronda Rousey. I'ma use the two legs that God gave me. Go so long, bitch, I'm Tom Brady. I go Kobe, drop about 80. Then I roll out in a drop top, baby. 285, I do about 80. Push to the limit when I get in it. I don't get high till my third blunt finish. When I can't deal with the weight and the pain of the world, I write my pain and I sing for the world. Came from afar and came for the fame, but I came for the change I could bring to the world. When I can't deal with the weight of the world, I write my pain and I sing for the world. Came from afar and came for the fame, but I came for the change I could bring to the world. I go And I'ma see Arizona I've been in Georgia Sun is shining in Florida I'm a free bird Smoking on California And in Indiana Girl, I want what I want I think I'ma go I said I'ma see Arizona